0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. is together and loving it. TNCs apply.
1: So we're going to look at diving this hour. We're going to talk a little bit about Liam's career. He's also been on a scholarship to the States, the University of Tennessee. And I know there's a lot of people listening who potentially might have their kids in the future who are good at sport, possibly looking at the American collegiate system, what are some of the pros, what are some of the cons. But also more importantly, I just want to actually look at the training regime of our divers. How different in terms of their periodisation is it from, say, sports like athletics, sports like swimming? Uh, Liam, good evening. Welcome. How are we?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on, Mark.
1: i yeah. excited to be here. Now, congratulations. Um, third Commonwealth Games in Birmingham this year. And what, you finished sixth, I believe.
0: Yeah, sixth in the one metre and eighth in the three metre.
1: And you're happy with those
0: results? Oh, I was over the moon, yeah, especially after um, the last couple of years with injury and stuff like that, to come back and um, put in a performance like that, I was, I was wrapped.
1: Now, the one metre and the three metre are known as the springboard. Correct. Uh, those that don't have a board are just simply, sorry, I'm just having a mental block here,
0: there's the, the one metre springboard, the three metre th- springboard. springboard and then you've got the 10 metre platform. Yeah,
1: the platform. My apologies. I just for some reason <laughs> lost the word platform. Maybe I'm just a little bit fried. Um, so why the springboard?
0: Yeah, well, as the sport has sort of modernised, um, divers now tend to specialise in one or the other springboard and platform. Um, some divers will start their career early off in platform and come down to springboard and um, As a junior, I did a bit of platform and was a little bit better on springboard. I had some injuries that kind of stopped me from going up top too often and um, I just slowly kind of ventured more towards springboard and got better on springboard and, um, yeah, my body type kind of lends itself to springboard more as well.
1: How much can you do in terms of, and I'll just use layman's terms here, aerial acrobatics off a one metre springboard before you enter the water?
0: Yeah, it's, um, I mean definitely not as much as you know the high boards right because you're not got as uh as much room but some of the guys overseas are really really pushing the envelope um with the stuff that they're doing you know um three and a half somersaults is pretty standard now um from a one meter and of course with the springboard you know you are getting a lot of height you know and that's that's kind of the the key element of springboard is, is how much height can you generate out of that board um and you know as um as we get more in tune with, you know, technique and um, strength training and stuff, people people are jumping higher and higher and, turning bigger tricks.
1: So if you can do three and a half somersaults off a of one meter, how many somersaults could you potentially do off a of three meter?
0: Well, four and a half is is, you know, wasn't too long ago that four and a half was quite a big deal, and now it's sort of a bit more standard. You know,
1: is that because there's been an evolution in the equipment, or is that just simply an athlete has just Change the games come along body type, very explosive, um, and just has an X factor in regards to coordination, flexibility, etc.
0: Yeah, I think I think an element of both. You know, there's always um, progression in sport, all sports. Um, the springboard uh, technology has developed uh, quite a bit over the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, so the springboards that we're diving on today are a lot different mm. to what they were twenty years ago. So, how, it's a small community here in New Zealand. So, how, do,
1: how does someone like yourself keep up to date with the evolution of what's happening overseas?
0: Um, well, yeah, it is a small community uh, in New Zealand, but it's also quite a, quite a tight knit community worldwide as well. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're all good mates overseas, and the coaches are all pretty close as well. So, they're all pretty happy to kind of share um, training regimes and stuff together, and and, and we travel overseas as much as we can. Um, It's uh, not easy being in New Zealand, you know, but as far away as you can get from uh, Europe and and quite far from the States and that, but we do tend to travel and compete as much as we can.
1: I'm a big believer for a sport to be successful. You've got to invest in bricks and mortar, but more importantly, you've got to invest in good coaching. Do we have the facilities? Do we have the coaching?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, our facilities, of course, are... I know near some of those overseas, um, but I strongly believe we have what we need. Um, but that's you know, a
1: little bit of the New Zealand way, isn't it? You, at the same time, you, you want a little bit of adversity. You, want, you, you don't need to be that's right. pimped either.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, you know, when we do go overseas, we go, wow, look at this, and we, I think we appreciate it a lot more, you know. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, that being said, there's a new pool being built in Christchurch at the moment, and that will be pretty state-of-the-art. Um, and, uh, y- yeah, you make a good point about coaching. I mean you can only sort of grow the sport as much as your your coaches Mm. know. So um, there has been a lot of emphasis in the development of coaches um, throughout the country for the last sort of five, ten years. And um, we're seeing not only the numbers of divers increase, but also the numbers Mm. of um, those going into Mm. coaching increase as well.
1: Mm. How
0: did you get into diving? I mean, there's so
1: many sports to choose from as a young kid growing up. Why diving? How? Why?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like a lot of Kiwi kids, you know, I wanted to sort of try everything I could and um, did a bit of this, did a bit of that, and um, my brother, half-brother overseas um, from Canada, lives in Canada, he's a bit older than me, and he was diving for Canada on their national team, and so because of that, I thought, oh, well, diving is pretty cool, and he's pretty good at it, so I wouldn't mind giving that a go. Um, so I went and found a little local club and um, gave it a go and enjoyed it, and been in a- at it ever since. Mm.
1: What's the first thing they teach you when you turn up to dive in? Like most of us, we've all dived into a swimming pool. We might have got up on the one metre and dived in and we might have edged our way off a three metre and probably hurt our back in the process (laughs) or done a big belly flop and smacked the water. But what's the first thing they teach you when you get into diving?
0: Yeah, um, we will um, teach sort of a range of diving positions and techniques we actually run a schools program where we go into the school and teach them sort of just the very basic fundamentals in their gymnasium um and and that's the same thing that we'll do to a kid coming and trying out diving so we'll teach them you know a tuck position and a pike position a straight position um similar to sort of gymnastics you know we'll we'll start to teach them forward rolls and backward rolls and start to teach them how to do a handstand and just kind of developing that body awareness um and then we'll go into the pool Mm. and teach them how to jump properly and how to um, enter the water upside down properly, you know, um, like a dive, you know, Mm. rather than, as you say, a belly flop or on your back. Um, And we actually will even get them in the water and just get them rotating in the water. um, It's like
1: practicing tumble turns and swimming. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just just getting them comfortable with um, being upside down and and spinning and depending on their age, it depends on um, how you know, fast will kind of progress them and obviously eventually mm-hmm. we'll encourage them to go up to the higher boards as well.
1: I mean, you look at it and it's sort of aerial acrobats, again, just using layman's terms, you guys are aerial acrobatics mm. before you basically ultimately end up finishing sort of fingers, hands, arms, head first into a pool. Um, how much gymnastics is involved or is it more like we've now seen at the Olympic Games with the trampolining?
0: It's it's definitely different to gymnastics, but there's there's certainly a lot of similarities um, and with trampolining as well. Um, the techniques are slightly different, so we do actually get a lot of gymnasts cross over, um, but there is a, a period of having to kind of break down their old technique and um, reintroduce the new technique. Um, and the biggest thing that a gymnast struggle with is landing head first instead of feet first. Um, and same with the trampolinists. But... Um, yeah, it's it's similar, but but slightly different as well. You know, the, the, the positions that we teach would be slightly different to the uh, to the gymnasts, but the, mm. the the base fundamentals for kids um, are very transferable. Yeah.
1: Now, what at the Commonwealth Games, what's the standard number of dives that the competitors do? How many?
0: Yeah. So all all international competitions, senior competitions, uh, the men do six and the women do five. Um, why that is, I can't tell you, but um, there's uh, there's a range of categories that the the divers have to um, have to do their dives from as well.
1: So some of these are you're on the board and you're just looking out, feet first, and then others you got your back. Yep, that's To right. the pool, that's and right. Then so I've seen people having to do dives from doing handstands.
0: Yeah, so so there's as you say forwards, backwards. Those are the simple ones, and then there's what we call reverse, which is where you're rotating backwards but jumping forwards. Uh, so you're and, sort of
1: pushing yourself off the board, but and then diving back towards the board.
0: Yeah, so if yeah. you can imagine, you d- you do a backflip, but you jump forwards. Okay. Um, and then uh, similar with what we call inwards, you, you essentially do a front flip, but you mm. jump backwards. Mm. Um, so yeah, you, like you say, you're somersaulting yeah. back towards the board. And then, so within
1: each of those categories, and there's six of them, you then determine the degree of difficulty prior to the competition and those degree of difficulty starts at one and then goes up and what 0.5 doesn't?
0: Yeah, it or goes point. up, it can it can be 1, 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2 all the yep. way up to... Um, so
1: is easy, 1.5 still fairly easy and when you get up right. to Olympic Games level you're starting to see 3.8, 3.9.
0: That's right, yeah, yeah, so um, every dive has its own degree of difficulty and um, there's an algorithm to calculate that and um, it's kind of a, a bit of a risk-reward game when you get to those higher dives because... Um, so, so how the scoring works is you've got your degree of difficulty, the judges will, will score your dive, um, and then that raw score will be multiplied by the degree yeah. of difficulty. Now, now they,
1: they mark you purely on your dive. They don't factor in the degree of difficulty that's done afterwards. They just look that's at right. your dive, and then they just mark you purely on the dive, and then all the algorithms kick in later.
0: Yep. That's right, yeah. So, and, and that's where it comes in. So you've, you might have a really hard dive, but you've still got to perform it well. So how hard it is doesn't come into what score they will give you. Um, So that's where sometimes you'll see divers will choose to compete a slightly easier dive because they know they can perform it really well. But you need to perform it really well, don't you? You do, yeah. And that
1: sounds – but but it's interesting having watched it and having looked at it, there are so many components that the judges are looking at from the way you stand um, before you start your dive – uh, to the flexibility and hypermobility, and your ankles and your toes pointing towards the heavens. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to think about in a split second, isn't it? How, uh, how I mean, how automatic is it when it, when you get to your level in terms of say your feet and the flexibility and those other things I've just talked about? Is it does it just is it just natural?
0: Yeah, no, it is. And and as you say, it's it's an incredible amount, and that's why we have to train so much. You know, like like every sport. Um, but yeah, once once you're uh, in the competition, it's all pretty subconscious, um, or it should be, pretty yeah. automatic. Um.
1: So what are the things then when you're at the top of the board, what are you actually focusing on? Is there, are there key things that you are focusing on during the dive? You know that a lot of stuff yep. is automatic and you're just assuming you've got it right. You're assuming you've impressed the judges or going to impress the judges. So if you're on, let's say, the three metre springboard, uh, you've got a say a, a dive that's got a degree of difficulty of three well, what what would you be focusing on?
0: Yeah and and we do we do focus on things so we, we refer to them as cues. so it might be two cues to focus on because um, otherwise your mind goes crazy and you you yeah. can't think about everything. so um, an example might be you know I, I want to keep my head up as I as I jump. So I, I just think about you know head up. Um, and that's kind of just going through my mind, head up, head up, head up. And the rest just, my body just takes over. And um, my mind at least has that one cue to focus on rather than thinking about everything at once.
1: Mm-hmm. And clearly, I'd imagine after a while, what do you tend to identify some weaknesses that are consistent weaknesses?
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and those kind of allow us to figure out what cues to focus on. So there's some some things that take a little bit more conscious effort over others and that will kind of determine what we are thinking about on the board
1: 16 and a half minutes after 7 you're listening to SENZ in studio my guest is Liam Stone, Liam is our Commonwealth Games, one of our representatives at this year's Commonwealth Games in the sport of diving, sort of first introduced himself to the wider sporting public back in Glasgow, if you've got a question regarding diving and we are going to start taking this conversation in the direction of extreme diving, like you often see on TV, the cliff diving, etc. If you've got a question, um, 800 150 is the number. You can text us here on 8833. We'll take a break. Back with more. It is 21 minutes after 7. You're listening to SENZ. Telephone numbers is 0800 150 811 in studio. We have one of New Zealand's leading divers, Liam Stone. He's been to three Commonwealth Games, and he finished 6th and 8th at the recent Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, 6th in the 1 metre and 8th in the 3 metre. If you've got a question for him, 0800 150 811. I'm just putting the spotlight on this, fascinated by it. And I think it's become really, really popular now because of what we've seen through Red Bull and what we've seen with a lot of the cliff diving. Um, But if you want to end up being a cliff diver, if you want to be a lunatic and a maniac, you've still got to start in the pool. You've still got to start in the springboard or off the platform. And we are going to talk about that shortly and just get his thoughts on it. Uh, one of the questions I always have, like um, the great running coach, Arthur Lydiard, he sort of, everyone thinks that he gave athletics 100 miles a week. But in hindsight, what he actually did is he gave the world periodization. He believed in base work, strength work, speed work. Mm. And so once you started to get into that speed work phase, you're starting to sort of backing off your volume, your strength component, starting to peak and starting to get into race fitness. And periodisation can be translated in across a whole lot of sports, and often all you do is changing the terminologies, but the philosophy is still the same. Do you have periodisation in diving? Can you peak in July next year? If so, how does the next seven or eight months look? What is the equivalent of base work? What's the equivalent of strength work? What's the equivalent of speed work?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. We um, we've actually just gone through our our season plan um, not too long ago, and um, yeah, there's a huge element of of having to periodise because you know you can't stay at your peak uh, all year long. So we've worked backwards um, from the World Champs in July, and that's where we're aiming to peak. So um, to answer your question, sort of our sort of base work is what what we're doing now, and um, that involves a lot of um, sort of a little bit of aerobic stuff just to build our overall capacity. We're obviously not. Um, endurance athletes, but it just helps with our capacity to train, um, and a lot of strength work, a lot of fundamentals, going back to basics in the pool. Um, what
1: about flexibility? Where does that fit in?
0: Yeah, and 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 flexibility is sort of all year round. I mean, we're yep. we're always working on that. But yeah, absolutely flexibility and and mobility. You know, we're doing um, a lot of sort of in range strength, sort mm. of um, gymnasticky type uh, type style strength workouts and stuff like that. And um, and then slowly we'll we'll progress. We'll start to do our bigger dives, and then we'll we'll go into what we're calling a, a volume phase. Um, and that's where we'll just do reps, just big big reps of um, of our harder dives. Um, kind of aiming to sort of you know train the nervous system to be able to do those dives under it, fatigue. H-
1: how much energy do you, t- does it take to do a dive? Like how many when you're doing heavy loading in terms of dives and training? How does that look in a session? Are we talking one dive, two dives, ten dives, twenty dives?
0: Yeah, we would do. Small session would probably be thirty dives. Big wow. one, big one would be maybe sixty. And that's Some, w-
1: and that's with all the tricks in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're we're actually looking at doing. We're going to do a really big volume phase um, coming up towards the end of this year, start of next year, and we're going to look at doing um, between thirty and sixty of our big dives. Which is really, really fatiguing.
1: So, so, when you're talking big dives, are you talking high degree of difficulty I, dives? That's
0: right. Sorry, yeah. yes, high degree of difficulty. So, you you know, you're three three and a half, two and a half, versus at the moment we're just doing sort of you know, uh, one and a half or or half of some sort. You know, a front dive, a back dive, yeah. um, just working on the on the the fundamentals, the basics, even jumps. We'll practice jumps, um, and then yeah, we'll, we'll eventually progress to doing our you know three and a half, four and a half, yeah. stuff like that.
1: Nothing replicates competition like a competition you can do it all you want in training so working backwards from the world championships how many events would you have as a lead
0: in yeah that's right and 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 that I guess leads into what we would then coming out of that volume phase would begin to taper off we'd reduce the reps and we would start to increase what we call pressure training and um, we we try to simulate competition scenarios are you listening to this Ben
1: (laughs) <laughs> this is called simulation training. This is called what? What did you stress training? Did you yeah, call yeah, it? yeah, pressure training, pressure yeah, training. Have yeah. a listen
0: to this. And we'll and we'll you know we'll we'll make up scenarios. You know, right? You know, you, you need sevens on this dive to make the final. Or sometimes we'll go the opposite. Right? All you need to do is get fives. You know, you just need to land on your head. And sometimes that's harder, right? Because it's like, oh, I don't even need to do anything special. Just that you take your eye off the ball. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might be. Um, you know you're gonna do three three good ones in a row or or something like that, or sometimes we'll we'll compete with each other you know and we'll um have have competitions right you won that round you won that round um, and uh and we'll do that as we lead up to a competition and so to answer your question we'll have we're aiming to compete a couple of comps in sort of february end of January early feb, and then we'll um kind of go through a mini um base work again mini volume phase and then we'll start to taper off again so when you do those
1: competitions in january february are you expecting to hit some pretty high numbers then or are you still sort of accepting that hey i'm only going to be at 80 percent because that's sort of where i am through the training
0: yeah probably um i mean that's that's probably when we'll start to play with our competition routine and stuff like that i mean you know we, we we do have it pretty down pat but it always kind of shifts slightly and um so we'll put those things into practice um and then we'll reflect on that meet and we'll go into another one, we'll probably do another one in June, reflect on that and then we'll do a true true peak for July.
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to my triathlon days, when you start out, you have a fairly sort of uh, a, a simple template that everybody follows but as you gain more experience and you understand your own physiology, you start to take more control of it, you start to tweak it. What works for one athlete might not necessarily work for you. Is that the case? The way you do that periodisation say from the lead up to Glasgow to say the lead up that you're doing for say Birmingham and next year's Worlds how different is it?
0: Yeah I think um, for me as I've kind of been involved a lot more now and I I find it all very interesting and um, I've probably taken a little bit more control over my own Mm. plan um, and With my experience, I've, I guess, learned what works for me and what doesn't and where I might need to, you know, add some things and take some things away. So it's just, like you say, slight little tweaks. But, But sometimes the coach needs to overall. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach sometimes just goes, "I oh, yeah. get
1: where you're coming from, but no, we're going to do it this way."
0: Yeah, and that's yep. and that's where you know sometimes they to take the guesswork out, aren't they? So exactly, and sometimes it gets tough, and you know your your mind can come up with excuses and that. But if if you've got a plan and, and you're still feeling okay, you've you've kind of got to stick to it. With that said, you also have to be adaptable.
1: Yeah, you no, know, it's um it's fascinating. Is there a danger we, we see it a lot in golf, another sport that's technical, another taught sport, swimming the same, um, where you can you know, paralysis by over-analysis. I mean, you come across, Absolutely. Liam, very, very smart. Nah, I mean, I picked that up uh, listening to your commentary. Uh, is is that a weakness of yours or is that a strength of yours? <laughs>
0: or, or it depends. It, yeah, it probably is a bit of a weakness of mine, I think. Um, I think this that's the danger I guess of some of these conversations As you can go so, into so much detail and you can have so many different theories but at the end of the day like you say so long as you stick to the basics and um, you're kind of getting in the pool and you do, you're doing your dives and you know, you're getting some reps in um, it probably all comes out in the wash um, but um, you know because there,
1: there was just so many components to this Yeah, and I've heard you talk about the different components and I'm just sitting there going Man, your head must just get cluttered at times and you need clarity.
0: Yeah, you do, you do. And and that's that's why, I, I mean, for me personally, you know, I like a plan and um, I think mm. it, it gives me that clarity being able to plan.
1: You go around the world, often a lot of competitions are set up for television, like at Tokyo, and I was lucky enough to be there as a commentator, but the swimming finals are in the morning. Swimming finals are normally held at night. Mm. Do you train in the build-up, do you train at the times you're going to be competing at, so that the nervous system is in tune, that your body is switched on to knowing that it needs to perform at ten a.m. in the morning or two o'clock in the afternoon?
0: We do um, as much as possible. You know, when we when we get to a competition, we will uh, as close as possible train at the times that we know we're competing. However, sometimes it's out of our control. You know, they might say, right, you have got to train at ten, and that's it. Um, but yeah we will we, we'll try and kind of establish right on on comp day this is what our routine's going to be two weeks out we'll we'll create that routine already and yeah. start to
1: and is that done from the moment you wake up grab 500 mils of water breakfast yeah i mean music whatever else you need
0: yeah well for me personally yes um i've, I've got a sort of a bit of a competition ritual now that i stick to and you know i get up sort of a Four hours or so before I'm competing, at the, at the least, um, just to make sure I'm awake, and I'll maybe do a bit of a quick sort of stretch and warm up, and that just to wake the body up, and um, I'll start to go through that uh, the minute we get overseas, just to, as you say, create that routine. And by the time it gets to comp day, you know, you, you're kind of already going through the motions.
1: It is seven thirty one. You're listening to S E N Z my guest in studio is Liam Stone. He's been to three Commonwealth Games, um, having burst onto the international scene eight years ago in Glasgow, where he's set a still-standing New Zealand record in the men's one metre. Since then, he's gone on to great success, earning several international Grand Prix medals. 2015, he went to the University of Tennessee on a diving scholarship to study kinesiology. If you've got a question for Liam... Telephone number is 0800 150 811. You can text us here on 8833. When we come back, I do want to talk about the collegiate system, the scholarship program that the United States does offer. How appropriate, free-falling, yes, because if you're into diving, you are going to free-fall. Well, I'll go to free-fall. I'm going to hit the water real hard, too. Apparently, from 10 metres, what speed? Liam Stone, by the way, is my guest in studio, Commonwealth Games diving representative, represented New Zealand at three Commonwealth Games, fingers crossed. We're going to see him get to the Olympic Games in Paris with qualification. Got to be top 12 at the World Championships in July next year. When you jump off a 10-metre uh, diving board, and you hit the water. What sort of speed are you travelling at before you hit the water?
0: Just just shy of 60 k's an hour. Okay, yep. yeah.
1: And that would hurt, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah. A it's, lot. It's uh, it's a bit of impact, especially if it yeah. goes wrong.
1: Now, I ask you this. I'm always fascinated by sports. And, um, and so, you know, in soccer, you'll get a guy steps up to take a penalty. And some days the goal mouth or the goal itself just looks so big you can't miss. Other days, for whatever reason, because of where the grandstands are or the roof or the lighting, the goal looks small and he says, there's no way I can score today. The goalkeeper's just all over me. And yet the dimensions are exactly the same. Do, do you turn up to some pools and the three metre feels higher or shorter? Yep. And does the water feel harder or softer at some pools?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it always takes quite some time to adjust to a new pool. You know, you've got the lighting and um, some buildings are bigger than others. So, you know, a lower roof makes um, makes the boards sometimes feel higher. Um, especially the 10 metre, you know, whereas if it's a really high roof or an outdoor pool um, it can feel a little bit lower and, and as you say with the water sometimes it's colder or warmer and that does actually make a little bit of a difference um, as to how easy it is to um, to rip, what we call rip, into the water with no splash.
1: So even though you might just say we go off a 10 metre board so in some pools because do you lose your depth perception? Does the water come quicker? If you don't get a read on it, if you don't make that adjustment?
0: Yeah, well, there's actually, um, if you watch diving, you'll notice that the water is has um, got dis- disturbed... Um, to, break you know, the f- to break the dive. Yeah, to yeah. break the surface, so they've got sort of bubbles or they've got sprayers, and that is so that we can see the, the water because as you're somersaulting and, you know, you come around, you look for the water, and if it's, you know... Um, sort of like ice you know it's all just nice and flat and still you actually can't see where it is um so that's why they have that uh, disruption is just the, the so that we can see the water mm. um and uh, as you say with your depth perception it's actually quite common for it to get lost um when you're outdoors because you've got the blue sky the blue water and that's when you see a lot of crashes mm.
1: yeah. mm-hmm. okay i want to talk about the collegiate system in the united states um why did you go in a university scholarship? you clearly believed it was in your that was part of uh your development uh your yeah. pathway in terms of fulfilling your ultimate goal and being the best you can become
0: yeah um i mean at, at the time um diving wasn't quite as big as it is now it's it's growing um quite rapidly actually over the last um, few years and uh, I just felt that i wanted to expose myself to divers that were better than me that were going to kind of push me and bring me to that next level um and so i started to look at at options to go overseas and um
1: because it's big in the collegiate system isn't it
0: oh it's massive and that was one of the biggest things that surprised me was how deep the competition was and all these guys that you'd never heard of because they're you know extraordinary they're not good enough to be on the american team because you know they're, they're pretty high caliber athletes um but they're very good divers and um so, you know, I was fortunate enough to land a, a full scholarship and ended up at the University of Tennessee mm. with, a, um, with a coach that uh, was amazing for me and a, and a training group that, that really, really yeah. worked.
1: Oh, I've seen a lot of runners and different athletes go and there can also be a lot of distractions and some just don't mm. go on. Yep. Some uh, end up staying in the United States. What are some of the dangers, and how did you manage to avoid them?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's a it's a big party culture over there, and um, I think you can kind of get sucked into that pretty easily. Um, some of the athletes that go um, aren't actually going to improve their performance; they're just kind of using their sport Light to experience. get it to get it to get a, a scholarship, get their um, university paid for and yeah the life experience as you say and and they're not um perhaps got international goals or Mm. um you know dreams to to continue after the after university Mm. so there are those dangers and um I think so long as you're aware and so long as you know your goals um, and you've got people around you who have similar goals, then you just mm. sort of steer away from that.
1: We just spent the previous part of this interview talking about periodisation and planning. Uh, one of the criticisms I've heard from a lot of runners that go on scholarships is they're raced and almost race too much racing yeah. every weekend. Is it the same in diving that there is a competition every week? And if so, how do you ever get the opportunity to make the adjustments, to address the weaknesses, to correct the mistakes from the week before.
0: Yeah, I must admit that is one of the hardest things about the college system, and um, that's probably where sometimes it's a way up of is it worth it? Because there are a lot of competitions, and for me, it was a it was a great opportunity to learn how to compete. Um, you know, I did a lot of work um, with our psychologist to, and, and you had so much so many competitions on that you got opportunity to practice all of that work. You know, on a weekly basis almost. So. Um, from that point of view it was it was brilliant um sort of the the disadvantage of that is it's pretty easy to run yourself down and and as you say you've not got kind of that extended time to just train and work on
1: if you're tired you often get into bad habits and then if you're constantly doing you just reinforce those bad habits don't
0: you yes yes exactly yeah and so um so that's where it can't go wrong and to be honest for me it did um after three years i was i was just burnt out because you had your college, your college season and then immediately afterwards you've got your international season um, and then after your international season you're back into the college season. So there was never sort of an off season and um, it's pretty hard to, you know, to go all out all year back to back to back and so it did take a toll on me and um, I went through a few years of, of burnout and having to kind of rebuild in that and so if I could go back I'd probably do it slightly differently um, but at the same time I don't regret it because the amount of competition experience I got um, it still helps me to this day.
1: Liam Stone, representative at the recent Commonwealth Games and the Sport of Diving is my guest in studio. I love the people that text and they always they always want to know the, <laughs> the, the gory stuff. Chris yeah. wants to know... Worst injury seen hitting the water.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, yeah, there's you know, the, all would have done it. The danger of um, of the belly flop and the backslat, and um, you know, when when it goes wrong from ten meter, I mean, it can go pretty bad. I mean, we had one of one of my teammates actually punctured his lung. Um, wow. And and then of course you know there's the danger of hitting the board. I mean, I've I've hit the board. I've broken my arm, broken my foot. Luckily haven't uh, hit my head but that Greg Laganis 1988 everyone remembers
1: that don't they and then comes back with a 10 doesn't he well he came back and won gold I think that's one of the
0: greatest Olympic stories ever to be honest Yeah. yeah
1: Well I get it It's one of the things That put diving really into Took it sort of mainstream A little bit Sometimes it yep. requires A bit of adversity Followed up by that Hollywood hero moment and That's right Sport yep. sort of breaks down Some boundaries And doesn't just become A niche sport Yeah yep. It is 17 Coming up to 16 minutes Away from 8 If you've got a question um, For Liam Telephone number is 0800 Is the number We'll take a break We'll come back with more 12 minutes away from 8, thoroughly enjoying this hour. We've got Liam Stone in studio, just doing something slightly different, having a look at the sport of diving. You've got to say it's one of the coolest sports out there, isn't there? I, I think except, so. Except, yeah, oh, Liam thinks so. I mean, unlike <laughs> lawn bowls, though, if you sort of make a mistake in lawn bowls, there's no jeopardy. Uh, jump off a 10 metre and get it wrong. Yeah, ouch, ouch, ouch. Hey, look, if you've been listening and you're inspired by what you see, do check out diving dot uh, divingnz.org.nz. That's the website, OK? They can take out the guesswork. They can uh, yeah, put you in touch with the right clubs and break this all down for you. And before you know it, you're leaping yourself off 10 metre cliffs. No, that's not... I, yeah, no, I'm being a bit naughty. Uh, but it's a nice segue because one of the things that we've seen a lot now and hugely popular, and I find it fascinating, is the cliff diving. And it's been driven very much by Red Bull, I think. And But they're not going off 10 metres. They're going up to 25 metres. Yeah, how is, how is that seen by the diving community? Are, are they accepted or is that sort of seen as a bit of a rogue element?
0: Oh, they have a huge amount of respect. I mean you you wouldn't see many of us going up that high. Um, and uh, all of them started off as divers, you know, like us. And um, somewhere along the way, they probably lost a few screws. And <laughs> But they've
1: all had to come through what you've come through. They all come through a pure diving background, don't they? Yep. To master the skills, to understand the hydrodynamics, the aerodynamics, etc. Oh, absolutely. Yep.
0: And 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 the technique is all very much almost, you know, the same. They land on their feet instead of their head. Um, And the dive, the way they do it is pretty much a dive off 10 metre and then they do what we call a barani out of it, which is a somersault with a half twist, and they um, land on their feet. So I'd imagine that
1: the athletes that are doing really well in that might not necessarily have established themselves in the traditional forms, the one Mm. metre, three metre, and also the platforms, but for whatever reason have found their niche yet a higher, slightly more extreme form of it.
0: Yeah, no, very correct, and, and
1: therefore continue in the sport.
0: Yeah, I mean, most of the um, most of the top guys in high diving weren't top guys in traditional diving, um, but as you say, they've they've, they've mm. found their niche there and doing very very well.
1: The Olympic movement really
0: looking two things they're looking for. They want to see sports where
1: men and women compete together, um, but they're also looking for sport that is going to appeal to the youth. You know, they're they're keen on the evolution mm. progression. Um, clearly huge interest in cliff diving. Are we likely to see that become part of the diving programme? And, yeah. and does it come under FINA?
0: Yes, it does, yeah, and, and I believe we will. I think it's a matter of time. The big thing at the moment is just getting uh, the right amount of countries involved. You know, there's a limited amount of people who are willing to throw themselves off 27 metre. Um, but it's growing, it's growing exponentially and I think it's a matter of time before we it in the Olympics and they've just added added it to um the world champs so it's a fina recognized event at the world champs it's been going since um i think it was uh, uh 2013 it had its first yeah. Um, debut yeah and
1: they'll be marked the same way you guys are marked yes is there a de- do, do they also have a degree of difficulty before they leap off those extraordinary heights
0: yep they do they do and they the way they do it is they have i, th- I believe it's five dives i could be wrong there but i believe they do five dives two easy ones and three hard ones mm. and um yeah, same. It's very same much g-
1: urban, isn't it? Because they just take you to some of these really, really cool places. Uh, occasionally, they will build a scaffold, but a lot of the time, it's sometimes it's oh. actually off.
0: Oh yeah, off yeah. the
1: natural geography.
0: Yeah, oh, it's just crazy where they go. I mean, I'd love to travel um, to some of the places they go mm. to, and and of course the Red Bull Series, um, which is not Fina. That's mm. separate. But they they. Um, build some outstanding.
1: I think it's force. really good that Fina and the diving community have accepted it too because all you want is people getting involved. Look, if you watch it and go on T V and go, you know, we know exports how big they are and there's always those crazy kids out there that that's have right. got that I don't know, death wish, I guess you can call it. But to get there they've still got to come through your sport. Yes. They've still got to start in diving to learn the skills and that's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. they get in and suddenly they go, Actually I'm really enjoying the one meter, the three meter, the ten meter, the seven and a half meter and the five metre platform.
0: Yeah, and we're encouraging it now, you know, if, if, if there are kids involved who sort of, you know, like the idea of getting into high diving, um, we're encouraging kind of going down that that route and, um, you know, there's certain techniques. We actually had a high diver come and train with us from Germany and we actually learnt some of the, the uh, different techniques just for the entry. Um so we actually now sometimes we'll teach that just for a bit of fun, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and
1: we've got a, a new an American come New Zealander who's doing quite well internationally.
0: We do. Yeah, Bra- uh, Braden Rumpit, Um and he's uh, got New Zealand citizenship. He's now competing competing for us overseas in, in the high diving and doing very well. Mm-hmm. So that's quite cool to ever. Mm-hmm. You know, Kiwi out mm-hmm. there and
1: in, in regards to just bringing it back to the traditional Olympic Commonwealth game diving and what we see at the world championships um how would you describe the depth of new zealand diving at the moment
0: oh you know and compared to some of the bigger nations um, you know i mean china are the powerhouse but you know britain and mexico and things like that we're not there yet um, but if we compare to where we were 10 20 years ago uh, it's just a whole different game i mean our our nationals now you know we've got over 100 kids competing um Whereas you know back in when I was coming through, there might have been twenty or thirty of us. So um, the depth is growing. You know we had our biggest team ever at the World Champs and Commonwealth Games it's at, at seven. Um, and uh, we've probably got a similar number going to be going to the junior world champs uh, end of november so you know it's it's exciting to see and 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 i kind of watch some of the younger kids train and i can see the talent and um similarly with the coaching mm. i can see the talent and the coaching as well so i think it's just a matter of time mm. before we see kiwis mm. on the world stage diving all the time
1: yeah, and how important is it someone like yourself or i know lee gets to that olympic games
0: hugely hugely i mean we had um, you know Anton Down Jenkins last year finished 8th at the Olympic Games and he was our only competitor Um, and um, that was great that was huge for the sport you know that put us on the map a little bit but we need to continue that you know and, Mm. and if we can get another competitor there or or, you know several of us and have some good results then that's going to inspire kids to uh, get involved and that's how it happens Mm. that's how we continue to grow.
1: Now divingnz.org.nz is the website and we do encourage people to check it out we do encourage people to you know maybe possibly look at putting their kids into diving or um, I don't know maybe if you've got a midlife crisis thinking about possibly (laughs) getting in yourself Um, I'm not one of them. Um, uh, Anyone that you opportunity we've got about no, 30, 3040 anyone you'd like to thank you got sponsors or
0: no well I I don't I, I was I was very lucky to get some sponsorship from the black and white golf club um for my recent um trip to europe so I was very 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 thankful for them for that but um yeah no one no one uh sponsoring us just at the moment but so many people to thank too many people to thank mum know, and dad my, mum and dad coaches who are um, your coaches at the moment, Cordelia Norris, uh, Steve Gladding, James Hardacre, they've, they're, they're the three main ones involved at the moment and they've just been key for our recent successes, yeah.
1: Well, oh, fantastic. Hey, look, all the very best in the, over the next sort of six to eight months and lead up to those World Championships and a lot of people will be hoping that you guys can qualify, not just you, but others can qualify for the Paris Olympic Games.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, I really enjoyed it.